edition of the Standard Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standig, and I cover the Washington football team for The Athletic, which means this week I was on my couch uh, because the Washington football team is out of the post, as out of the the whole shebang, as, as you're probably aware of this, as a person who's listening to a Washington football team-themed uh, podcast. So I was watching the games like everybody else, and I found somebody else who also was watching a bunch of these games over the weekend. That is former Washington head coach Jay Gruden, who I had a chance to talk to just a few minutes ago uh, at, for about an hour, uh, discussing all kinds of things per usual. We discussed what stood out to him during these playoff games. Uh, what did he make of, from a coaching's perspective, what happened there with Dallas's meltdown? As a guy who is a quarterback guru, what does he think of Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr as potential answers for Washington or other teams if they're available? What would you trade for them? We, we talked about Washington's season in various ways uh we talked about obviously his time in washington came up as well and we had a lot of other uh fun topics that we got into uh about uh, about all kinds of things the nfl washington his and you know, a little bit about where he's at with his career as well and he also addressed the name change uh he made a name change comment uh, recently on the team 980 that got some attention we talked about whether Sean McVay is on the Jay Gruden or Mike Shanahan coaching tray. <laughs> a fun conversation per usual with Jay Gruden, who is in the mix, perhaps, for an offensive coordinator job somewhere. Um, we'll, we'll see how that goes for him. So that's coming up in a moment. In addition, I, I got a lot of interviews here where I got to get out. In addition, uh, when we, meaning the athletic, did our name change simulation last year, uh, the person who really helped me a lot with that was uh, Alan Adamson, uh, one of the main voices behind Metaforce, which is a major uh, branding company. Uh, Alan and his group helped us simulate that process. So now that Washington's announcing it's coming to a close, I thought, hey, well, let's get Alan on to see what he thinks about what's been going on. What does he think about some of the the rumors, the rollout? So Alan, Adam, Al, Alan Adamson and I discussing Washington football team's name change. He gives his thought as to what which of the rumored names he would go with and just the overall process and why, what does he make of everything that's gone down? So that was another really interesting conversation to talk to an expert in that field. So all that and more to get to here on the Standard Room Only podcast, which of course you can find on iTunes, Spotify, the Athletic app, anywhere you do your podcasting. I appreciate everybody subscribing. I appreciate the people who just... Uh, so heard me the other day mentioned if you have a minute to drop a rating and a review on iTunes, how much that helps. Um, I don't know. Does Spotify do ratings and reviews? I guess they do. I, I just don't know. It's not part of the, it's not as much of the industry uh, standard, I guess, as, as, as otherwise um, in any event. So um, appreciate that. Of course, as regarding the athletic, you know, always appreciate as well. Everybody who's, who's over there reading that out. Um, I had a two-parter out regarding um things that Ron Rivera and players said last week and my interpretation of what they said, Martin Mayhew as well. That was a lot of fun, really good feedback on the first part, part two dropped today on Monday. Uh, I'm talking to you guys Monday afternoon, the Rams Cardinals game is tonight. Uh, so uh, appreciate that as well. And in addition, you can follow me of course on Twitter at Ben Standig. And I appreciate lastly, the people who reached out about, um, I mentioned last week, the idea of doing a podcast with a private one with just me and, and listeners of this podcast, you can email me, bstandig at theathletic.com. And in the, in, the, in the subject line, write 
uh, Zoom pod. I got a bunch of responses for that. I'll get back to everybody here shortly with regards to a plan for there. And I think we'll do some other ones down the line during this offseason, some mailbags as well, things like that. So we'll have plenty to discuss here. And I really want to hear from you guys as well, um, guys and girls, <laughs> uh, who's ever out there listening to the podcast. Um, before I get to Jay, though, I did just want to get into one topic. Uh, I mentioned, I wrote the other day on Friday for The Athletic that I had heard Ron Rivera on Kevin Sheehan's uh, radio show on the Team 980, which as most of you know, I was on Monday and Friday mornings pretty much the whole season. And on Friday, I go at 7.30, Ron Rivera's interview goes at 8. Ron Rivera tapes, they taped the Rivera interview the day before. But anyway, so I listened to it live with everybody else. And in this last week's, episode ron rivera told kevin when asked by by sheehan about has he talked to the owners yet um which was a question i asked rivera on tuesday at that point he said he had not and he said that yes he had talked to the owners um both of you know plural it is dan snyder and tanya snyder they're they're the ones that own the team at this point no more minority partners and so uh, he said he did that and then didn't go into any specifics but he did say they talked about what happened and what's the plan moving forward? And he said specifically multiple times that he spoke to the owners. And to me, this is notable. And this is why I wrote about it on The Athletic. It's notable because we're all, and I think most of us are realistic. We get that even though on July 1st of last year, when the NFL released some aspects of the Wilkinson report, which was the investigation into the culture over with Washington's organization, that uh, the, while the report was not made available, you know, the Dan Snyder slash the organization was fined $10 million. And Dan Snyder with the league said that he would be effectively stepping back to focus on bigger picture projects like the stadium and that his wife, who at that point had been really kind of behind the scenes, would be running or overseeing the day-to-day operations as well as representing Washington at things like the NFL owners meetings. And that latter part happened in terms of Tanya Snyder, along with Jason Wright showing up at the NFL owners meetings. But beyond that, it's always been vague. Like, what does it mean that Dan Snyder is stepping back? Okay, we we never hear from him anyway. So that's not really going to change. But what did happen? Um, You know, what, what do we think happened? And it's worth noting that in October of last year, Roger Goodell said that, um, Dan Snyder, you know, had been away for some time at that point. He had not been involved with Washington's organization for um, four months, which is why I thought it was notable to write about what Rivera said. And I think this is where some of the feedback I gotten from people, I think is confusing to me, but I want to sort of talk it out here a little bit. I think from people on a national perspective who don't follow Washington with any regularity, they seem to take what I wrote Again, I'm not breaking news. I'm just telling you what we, what Rivera said and putting some context into that. And what 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 stood out to me about that is the fact that um, we don't know. We don't know what we don't know what the parameters are. Okay, fine. If we're gonna, we all assume that Dan Snyder didn't really go hiding. He lives in the same house with his wife. I'm presumably that she does talk to Ron Rivera. They have conversations. Also, back in October, October 1st, to Kevin Sheehan, Ron Rivera said that he and Kevin Sheehan, uh, he and Snyder have talked maybe once or twice a week, but he never specified what they're talking about. Are they just discussing um, 
what happened in the game or are they discussing what shows they're binge watching on Netflix, right? We can assume, but we don't know for sure. But So when Rivera comes out now and says they were specifically talking about the plan, it's a reminder that A, we don't know when Dan Snyder is coming back. And I think that's why to a degree, the local, while national and the national audience seemed to take more interest in this, locals were giving me the dude, really? What are we, what are we talking about here? It's nothing to see. But it's because we've all been lulled into this what's to see point of view. It is notable. It is important. Is Dan Snyder running uh, at a minimum overseeing the situation again? Is he interjecting himself back into the equation? And, you know, historically, when he has hired a new coach, he has been able to step back and discuss, or sorry, step back and allow his people to sort of run, make decisions as they need it. But eventually he always comes back in. Um, When I wrote a story, during Rivera's first year, I had a, I had a, a person who was familiar with the Dan Snyder situation over the years in Washington, basically say that Ron Rivera has not met Dan Snyder yet, that eventually right now he's got the honeymoon phase and eventually something will, 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 will churn, will change. He will interject himself more. I have no idea that that's happening now or will anytime soon, but there is, there is this quarterback search on, as we know, and we know in the past, Dan Snyder has interjected himself in quarterback searches, whether it goes all the way back to Jeff George when you already had Brad Johnson here, when it comes to RG3, when it comes to the Kirk Cousins contract, although that may have been a little more Bruce Allen, so I don't want to go too far, but we know about Dan Snyder wanting Dwayne Haskins. So it's important to understand who is calling the shots. Is the owner of the team? I know they're co-owners, but the person who's been in charge primarily for over 20 years, is he back in charge? So Again, I'm not saying this was a, a some breakthrough story or that this is important news or anything. It's an important question, though, and I just wanted to make that point because I feel like some people were giving me the what's the point of this story. I think it's a big point. Who is is Dan Snyder back in charge or not? We still have no idea. Maybe he'll never be back until one day we get a report that says, oh, yeah, Dan Snyder wanted Washington to draft, you know, Sam Howell or Matt Corral or whatever, or trade three number ones to get, you know, Derek Carr or whatever. Maybe we'll, you know, maybe that happens. At some point though, we will find out that he is back in the mix, even if it is just resuming where he was before uh, last July 1st. It's important to note that. And I think that's why this matters. It doesn't matter because we all assume he didn't really walk away too much. We need the NFL to tell us when he's back at some point. That's the point of the story, basically, on top of the fact that Washington has an important offseason, and you would imagine that the owner of the team might be interested. Uh, I'm interested, though, in talking to you guys or having you guys hear me talk to Jay Gruden. So let's do that right now. Really fun conversation. Jay Gruden and I all over the place talking NFL playoffs, talking potential quarterback targets for Washington this offseason, talking about – you know, when he's watching games, does he understand that? Why people criticize coaches at times? Uh, a whole bunch more for sure. And then we'll get to Alan Adamson talking about Washington's new name. Plenty to go here on the Standard Room Only podcast. All right. As promised, uh, returning to the podcast is obviously one of the most popular guests we've had. The uh, former head coach of the Washington football team, who, I don't know, maybe he's getting back in the, in the world of football. We'll, we'll see what he says. Uh, Mr. Jay Gruden. Jay, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks, Ben, for having me on. I, I appreciate it. I mean, I, I don't think we talked 
during the season, but I think I, I, I felt like I heard your voice because I know you were doing a bunch of radio interviews with uh, Chris Russell over at 980 throughout the season, which was interesting. So I feel like I've been aware of you. And then you, you know, from that, you're in the news a little bit. You're, there's been a rumor that you may be uh, possibly getting back into coaching and all that stuff. So it feels like you've been around, but technically I have not had you on here for a minute. So glad to, uh, glad, glad to get you back. What, what's going on in, in, in your world? Well, uh, you know, just watching the NFL season transpire, how that works out, how that's going to play out, playing a little bit of golf, enjoying that time, uh, spending some time in Jacksonville, back in Virginia, back and forth. So uh, enjoying life, so to speak. But now I'm kind of anxious to see what happens uh, as these jobs start to open up and uh, see what happens, see what I can do moving forward. All right. Well, I'm not, I'll, based on that, I'm going to skip the obligatory. So have you gotten your handicap down? Because, you know, whatever. Everybody's going to say their, their game is not that good no matter what they're shooting. Uh, so yeah, so, so you've been away from, you, you were obviously here, then you were in Jacksonville for a year away, away from the game directly last year. So yeah, I mean, on the scale, like one to 10, like how, how excited are you to try to get back into this? Well, it depends on the situation, of course, you know, there's, uh, some really good situations that could come available and there's some not so good situations, you know, some of these. Uh, jobs or you're walking into a, a hornet's nest, so to speak. You know, it's uh, very difficult to be successful uh, without the ingredients of the football players. <laughs> you know, so uh, it depends. You know, I, I enjoyed my time off without a doubt, able to take a step back. Um, but I am anxious to get back in if the situation's right. Uh, I guess there I ask, what, what does the situation kind of right mean for for you? Uh, I mean, yeah, what what does that mean for you? Well, I think one, you want to work with good people. Uh, you know, I get the staff is very important to me. You know, I want to make sure you get along with the staff. That's, that's important. Obviously you have to get the job offered to you. That's the most important thing, but then you want to look at the staff, see if you uh, get along with those people. Uh, ownership is important. And obviously uh, the players on the team, obviously if teams are looking for jobs or they're looking for coaches, odds are uh, they might've struggled uh, last year, but um, there's still some good young talent uh, in the NFL, some teams that are available. Um, I'd like to try to get a crack at, but uh, you just never know if I'll be able to or not. And, and I'll take you off the hot seat after this, but like you, there was one rumor out there about the Carolina Panthers. I don't know what you can say about that or if there's anything else out there, but are there like some situations that are, that are actually specific happening? Or are you still kind of waiting and seeing? Yeah, I've talked to a, a couple coaches about some openings. You know, I'm not going to get in too much detail because – you know, I like to let them do the media part of it. I don't like it to come from my mouth. So uh, we'll see what happens. You know, like I said, it's in the early stages. I think there's going to be a lot of great candidates to fill, not only the head coaches, which I won't be able to get, but the offensive coordinator jobs. Um, there's some good candidates that will be available as well. So we'll see if I get my foot in the door, get a, a, a real good interview, then I feel like I'll have a shot. But if not, I'll try to figure out something else to do. Maybe be a radio host or something like that. <laughs> well, I, I thought maybe that's what you were like, you know, trying to trying to see what you could do this year, whether you were you were on uh, the, the the radio so much. Um, I was going to ask you this, like in in relation to watching the games this weekend, and we're going to talk about some of the playoff games as well as sort of how coach prepares for the off season because obviously the the local team here that's where they're at. But like for example, the hot coordinators for whatever these teams if hypothetically they're going to have an interview, they could people say, well, they'll just send the resume for this last game, or they could show what they just did in the context of where the NFL is today. Now, how do what do you do from your case? And like, how do you, how close do you kind of stay to watching what's happening week to week to stay with the trends or have a feel for the trend? So it's not just 
Well, in 2016, I did this. You talking about as far as my resume is concerned? Yeah. Like, how do you, like, what do you present? Like, what do you present to somebody to say, obviously we, people know who you are, but like. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I think uh, it's the body of work. You know, obviously I've had some ups and downs coaching. Um, uh, but the fact, you know, that we worked with Andy Dalton as a rookie. Um, he got a really good contract after his uh, fifth year. I uh, worked with Kirk Cousins. He got a really good contract after his uh, contract was up. Obviously, that's all well documented. You know, Alex is doing quite well here until he broke his leg. So I think working with the quarterbacks um, uh, is, I guess, my forte, so to speak. You know, some people can argue that, but I would say that's my strength, protecting the quarterback, putting them in the right situations. Uh, as long as they study and do their work, uh, get the ball out on time, they have a chance to be successful in the offense that I like to run. I feel like I have a lot to offer as far as personnel evaluation is concerned. Um, so, you know, those are things that I would try to sell and put together a game plan, being in tough situations, coming from behind, playing with the lead, two-minute drills, red zone, short yardage, uh, first and 10, backed up, all those situations uh, I've experienced as a play caller. And those are important. You know, some guys who have never done it before, uh, they tend to struggle when it comes to those key situations on Sundays and obviously uh, playoff time. Well, you make it, you make an interesting point there. Cause like, obviously watching the games this weekend, you know, uh, we're talking uh, Monday afternoon. So we've seen all the games except for the Cardinals Rams game. Uh, obviously there weren't a ton of great games this weekend, but the Cowboys 49ers was a pretty compelling one, particularly what, what happened at the end of the game. And I feel like watching what Dallas did there. And I'm curious what your thoughts are from watching it, but like, the idea of like, wait, did, did, why is Dallas running a quarterback draw uh, in that situation with only 14 seconds left on the play after the fake punt where they have the successful fake punt, but then they do the whole thing of they're waiting for the, 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 they're sort of trying to stall to try to trick, I guess, the defense. And then they bring the offense on late, get called for a delay of game. I, I say all that to note that like we talk about hiring coaches as what's their scheme and how do they motivate? Sometimes it's also like, wait, how do you handle the, the game is on the line and you have to think really quick. How, how is yeah. that? Is that like an underrated component of, of this whole, like uh, trying to determine who should be the coach or the coordinators of a team? Yeah, yeah, it really is. And a lot has to do with your preparation with that quarterback and the quarterback's got to be in charge in those situations. You try to get the play out as fast as you can, but sometimes the quarterback uh, has to get it out uh, because the clicker on your uh, headset doesn't go out until, or doesn't transfer to the quarterback to a certain time, you know, it's got to play's got to be over. The ball's got to be spotted. And then uh, you can talk to the quarterback. So sometimes you got to signal it to the quarterback as the last play is finishing. Uh, so they can get the playoff a little bit quicker. I don't think that was a quarterback draw. It was uh, two, two slants, two flats and the guy over the ball, there was no offensive line block. And I think Dak just saw a seam and took it and ran. Uh, I think he just got down too, too late. And uh, obviously broke the Cardinal sin in the two minute drill, you got to give the ball to the referee period. And uh, unfortunately didn't do that referee couldn't get it. And, and they lost the game because of it. I, I, I and, and obviously that maybe I thought I saw that there was some report that um, Dallas called the play that Kellen Moore called it and McCarthy heard it, but obviously they could have just been covering for the player as well. Cause it does seem like an unusual call. As we all know, the gist 14 seconds left, the balls at the 41, um, you're pretty much going to be in some sort of a Hail Mary mode. So the question is, do you want to throw the ball two or three times from the 41 or maybe one time to, for, for 10 yards closer? Uh, I would imagine that the, the answer would be the latter, that you want to throw the ball from that spot with no timeouts, all that. Is, is there any reason for, for your head to think that it would be, you'd even consider 
what they did as no. a design play? Yeah, no, uh, doesn't make any sense. And like I said, they had two, they had five receivers run on a pattern and no linemen were in front of them. So I don't think it was a quarterback draw. I mean, I could be dead wrong. I've never called a quarterback draw with uh, five receivers running a route and, and no linemen uh, blocking for the quarterback. So, uh, you know, worst case scenario, like you said, you try two Hail Marys from the 50, uh, which is very possible with Dak's arm strength. You got CD Lamb and you got Amari Cooper, you got guys that can leap, uh, or you try to get 10 yards and only try one. Uh, so I think two would have been the best play, best uh, available option for them. I'm sure they wish they had that call back. They're getting hammered quite a bit for it. Uh, just unfortunate to see a season end like that because of lack of ability to uh, function in a two-minute drill. Right. And like I said, so for whatever it's worth, Mike McCarthy is, has said basically that it sounds like they did call that, but they're under the impression that they thought they would get some – when the ref spots the ball, that maybe it would get a little extra – time somehow for that either way you're looking at one play even if they've gotten off the got it right there one play one pass from the 30 essentially instead of two or three when you're further back so that seems like the deal um let's say you did call the draw do you in in the in the tense moment that you're in do you actually have to tell a quarterback like Dak Prescott your actual starter he's been in the league several years do you actually have to say to him hey by the way when you're running you want to get down like I can yeah. imagine you may take tell Mac Jones that or a quarterback that doesn't play a lot, but do you actually have to tell the starter that? We actually had us, we had a situation we worked out on all the training camp, and usually on Saturdays we call it down down. I mean, if you catch the ball in the middle of the field, you don't fight for extra yards, you give yourself up and you give the ball to the referee and we hurry up and spike it. And that was the situation they were in right there. Whether they threw it to an inside slant, which they had open, they could have thrown it there. He would have had to slide, get down, hand the ball to the referee and spike it. So, yeah, that situation is worked on, and you have to. You know, how many times have you seen a team with 12 seconds left throw a in-breaking route, and the guy breaks five tackles, and the linemen try to run up, and they try to spike it, and he doesn't get it off. Uh, but if the receiver catches the ball, gets down, and then you down it again, you have a chance to get another playoff. And that's unfortunately what Dallas should have done. They didn't do uh, they, they they did not. Either way, a, a, a fun game. Obviously, I think Washington fans were very happy with the result um, of, uh, of, of of that one. What did you make of that just sort of game in general? Because that was the one game that felt pretty compelling. Did you? Like, I kind of like the, the Niners going in um, a little bit. I just I ha- I saw Dallas destroy Washington multiple times, but they hadn't beaten a good team really since like week six. So I kind of like the Niners. But what was your sense going in, and what how did you think it played out? I thought it'd be a great game. Really. I think both teams uh, could do some damage in the playoffs. If you make it this far, you're going to be able to have a chance to make a run. Cause you, you know, it's hard to get into the playoffs. We all know that, but uh, both teams are built uh, for playoff football. They both have good offensive lines, a uh, good running game, um, efficient play on defense, uh, tough defensive line. You know, I thought Dallas with uh, their healthy defensive lineman would cause San Fran a little bit of problems on the left side of the line or on the right side of the line, not on the left side. Trent has that locked down. I mean, Trent, is unbelievable. He's fun to watch still. Uh, great game. That turned out to be a great game coming down to the last play, but I've been impressed with San Fran for quite some time now. The way they can run the football with different people. Obviously, Debo uh, doing a great job out of the backfield as a receiver. Um, Jimmy's doing a pretty good, efficient job of, of keeping the ball. He still have George Kittle. He wasn't a big factor, but uh, he can be uh, when asked to. Um, they've had some guys step up that you haven't really heard of, and and, uh, and Kyle does a good job of calling plays. Um. Yeah, I mean, like I know I hear people say Kyle Shanahan's a you know genius. I, I'm air quoting it because I, I don't know what genius means for play calling, but okay, he's apparently very good at what he does. And and obviously, 
watching how they use Debo, it seems really interesting, especially as I'm here. And Antonio Gibson is not the exact same player, of course. He's a bigger, bigger guy who's being used as a running back. Debo, Debo is a receiver. But part of the Gibson deal was that you can use him in multiple spots, which is what they do. So I'm always interested to see how San Fran, San Fran is making that guy, uh, uh, how they're using him to give him space, to maximize him relative to how Washington uses him what what does stand out to you about about how about that in particular I guess like how they're able to everybody knows Debo Samuel is really good yet they're able to find ways to get him the ball and, and get him where he can make some plays well the difference is uh usually when a running back goes outside a linebacker if it's man to man will go out there with them if Debo goes outside it's a corner then if Debo comes back into the backfield the corner's got to be in a run fit so it's a huge difference uh as far as bringing Debo in as a running back as opposed to bringing a back outside in you're not going to get much change there so Debo if you want to play man-to-man you're going to have major problems when Debo turns into a running back because your nickel or your corner has got to come in there and be in a run fit which is they're not used to and they don't want to do that uh, so they create matchups that way and they also do the zone reads with them and uh, very creative in the way they get the runs off um, so so yeah I, they're exciting that they're fun to watch but at the end of the day uh, somebody's going to stop the run and make Jimmy Garoppolo make some plays uh, in the third and fourth quarter. And that's what's going to be their downfall if they do have a downfall is their ability to throw the ball on third down and, and maybe come back uh, when they're behind. Well, I was going to ask you. If they're in the lead or if they're tied up, they're going to be a tough out. I promise you that. <laughs> yeah. So I was going to ask you about Garoppolo at some point. And it's unfortunate on some level that it's hard to sometimes just focus on the game itself and not these other uh, topics. But again, I cover the team that I cover and they need a quarterback. And so the constant discussion is, similar to one you've had to deal with when you were here. <laughs> okay. It's easy to say you need a quarterback. Who were who you actually getting? And it feels like this off season is real tricky because there's a bunch of teams that need a quarterback. I don't know if anybody's going to be available. That's at, that, that it is super interesting. Uh, yes. There's the draft, but that's sort of like a separate deal. Cause if you want a veteran, who do you get? And so Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy, a lot of people point to and say, well, maybe the Niners move on. They did trade for, they did draft Trey Lance last year, gave up a bunch to get him. Maybe they want to keep Garoppolo under the year, whatever. But like, if you look at that and you're a team that thinks you need a quarterback and Garoppolo is somehow made available, regardless of what the cost might be, do you, how do you, do you look at that and think, boy, you know what? If we need a quarterback, this guy's an upgrade over what we had. Or do you look at it as like, I mean, he's okay, but where am I going with this? How, how do you sort of weigh that if you're evaluating whether you kind of want a guy like that? Well, that's tough. You know, there's a lot of quarterbacks that can function in this league on first and second down and play pass and, and do some really good things. And Jimmy really had a good, strong first half. He had some good third down conversions as well. Uh, he made some great throws, but over the course of the game, it just seems like Jimmy tends to make a mistake here or there that really costs their football team. Uh, if he can avoid those mistakes moving forward, then yeah, I think Jimmy's a heck of a quarterback. He's got a good arm. He's smart. Uh, he seems to be like a tough kid. Uh, I don't know him on that personal uh, relationship like that as far as his toughness, his mental toughness, and how smart he is, uh, but he has been productive. And the 49ers are uh, a lot better with him in the lineup than without. That's that's well documented as well. So uh, there's a lot to that. I don't think 49ers will get rid of him personally, but if they do, I do think Jimmy Garoppolo is a significant upgrade over a lot of these quarterbacks in the league right now uh, that are looking for quarterbacks. There are people who are out there who, again, is sort of in that line of like, court, like obviously there is the Rodgers and the Brady's that are the elite, and then there's the young guys that we'll see. But then of that other tier, there's like, the, like I said, the guys who are good enough to maybe help, but maybe not good enough to take you to the top, which is why I think people are <laughs> comparing when, when they talk about Garoppolo, they say he's like the hot Kirk Cousins. 
Is that, yeah, is that's that the conundrum you have as an organization is, is how much are you willing to spend for that uh, second level, third level tier guy? You know what I mean? That is not going to carry your team to a victory, but is an upgrade over what you have. Uh, so if you do overpay for that guy, which you're going to have to do because quarterbacks demand that much money, uh, Kirk got it. And heck, Andy Dalton, he got it when I was there. I mean, he got a lot of money. So guys like that will get that money because of the position. Uh, so it's a very difficult decision. You're going to risk losing some key players on your football team because of it, uh, the salary cap. So do uh, you stick with what you have and try to surround it with better players, get some better free agent pass rushers or pass blockers or running backs or receivers? Or do you try to upgrade for a guy that's not Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes and, and hope to goodness that his slight upgrade will take you to the promised land? That's the risk you take. That's the, uh, the, the gamble that you're going to have to play. Yeah, for sure. All right, I'll move on from the hot Kirk Cousins to another quarterback who was similar to that a little bit, and that's Derek Carr. Obviously, I'm, I know you're familiar with him having, you know, having watched a bunch of Raiders games over the last few years. Again, when I look at it from the perspective of Washington, if he were to be made available, again, we don't know what the cost would be, but just if he's available, he's a clear upgrade over what they have. Yet when I talked to some, I did some radio recently when I got some Raiders fans on the phone, they were like, take him. It's not that Derek Carr is bad. It's just like, we've been here for eight years. We don't get past a certain point. Okay, we make the playoffs this year, but like, what are we, then what? Like, he's not getting us over the hump. We'd rather take the chance of the unknown, I guess, and kind of start over. So where do you kind of look at, to me, Derek Carr is pretty good, but the results kind of are what they are. Uh, so what, how do you view that guy in that, in that context of, is he good enough to kind of get you somewhere? Yeah, unfortunately, there's a lot of pretty good quarterbacks in the league that haven't won a Super Bowl or a lot of playoff games. So they're categorized as just these average guys that uh, people want to get rid of. However, when you get rid of a guy like Derek Carr, you're going to rely on Marcus Mariota, who's who's been hurt his whole career. And is that going to be your guy? What are you going to do in, in Vegas? I mean, Derek Carr has kept that team together through pretty uh, controversial year. We all know what's going on out there. And he's had a heck of a year. And Darren Waller missed the last half of the season. And uh, he's made Hunter Refro a heck of a player. They had a, a couple of young receivers out there that, uh, you know, that, that aren't really dynamic, you know, uh, you know, but he's made that team work. Hunter Renfro did a great job and Waller was their, their, their key. Jacobs was in and out. He did okay. Uh, Derek Carr carried that football team in my mind, especially with a defense that was terrible in the red zone and uh, not quite that successful for them to make the playoffs. I think, um, I think they should keep Derek Carr, but if he was available, I'd definitely go after Derek Carr as well. Cause he would be an upgrade. He's smart. Uh, he's seen a lot of football, a lot of situations. Uh, he loves the game. It seems like he's a great competitor. And, uh, and and like I said, he's a veteran guy that I think could be a major upgrade to a lot of these teams. Look at. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot, you know, again, because of being here and focusing on this team and everything that happened with the COVID outbreak and the usual stuff around here, people are like, wow, can you believe all the things that happened to this team? I can, but then you look at someone like the Raiders clearly had even more going on this year for the tragedy with Henry Ruggs, obviously with, 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 with your brother. And they won the last four games of the year to then make the playoffs. Like that shows something, at least well, just Tennessee, in terms of Tennessee's the number one seed in the AFC. They had a little bit of issues too. They played 88 players yeah. and lost MVP uh, running back for the year. So uh, I don't think uh, COVID or injuries can be an excuse for any team. It wasn't for me. <clears throat> we had our share of injuries. It's been that way at Washington for some time, for some reason. Uh, and every team's kind of battling through a lot of issues right now. Uh, but for Derek Carr, uh, I think they had a few extra with the rugs and, and the thing with my brother. Uh, they had some uh, issues that he had to deal with. 
uh, especially with, you know, John was the main play caller too. And he, he was the main guy that ran all the meetings offensively. So they had to make that transition too. So uh, hats off to Derek for finishing really strong. Uh, absolutely. Uh, while on this topic, so it's only mid January, the uh, free agent doesn't start for over a month and the draft is, you know, not till April. The trade market though, could be any minute. Stafford got traded last year in January the Alex Smith trade obviously happened in January as well. So things can happen at this point. If you're the coach and like you're the season is over and you haven't been thinking about these things. If I said to you right now, if you were the head coach, Hey, what would you trade for Derek Carr? Like, do you even know at this point what a value, what a trade value is or does, or, or when does that start to happen? When do you start to getting the feel? Okay. Here's what the actual market is. Is, is that people in your organization or talking to people around the league, the other team is telling you what, like what point do you have an actual feel of what a trade market is? If a guy like that's available rather than just guessing. You probably have to go back and look at history. Who's who's what starters have been traded at this time and, and see what that market was and try to maybe duplicate it. But each team's going to have their own market. You know, I'm sure the Raiders will have their own market, what they want. Uh, if we, we want to keep Derek, but if the deal is too good, if we get two ones in this player, then maybe we will trade him. You know what I mean? So the deal could go up depending on uh, the team that's trading away that quarterback. Quarterbacks are a huge commodity in the NFL. I mean, so you have to hold on to them if you got them. And if you get rid of them, if you're going to let them walk, you better get a heck of a lot for them. Unfortunately, we didn't do that with Kirk. We got a third round supplemental pick or whatever it was. Uh, but that's the most important thing. If you have one, you want to keep one. And if you do get rid of them, then you better get your lion's share of draft picks and players. I, I, I want to come back to that, the Cousins thing, because I think it's, a, it's an interesting point. But to, just back to this for one second. So last year, the, uh, the Rams traded two number ones and Jared Goff, basically, to the Lions uh, for Stafford. Uh, Washington, I was told, offered a first and a third. Uh, the which the basic difference is that like and i think there was like i think the ramp six maybe were like a little bit not wasn't just for last year it was like de uh, delayed picks but the the difference is that like the, the lions wanted golf because their new gm was one of the guys that actually helped evaluate golf and bring him in and all that stuff and washington really couldn't compete with that but if i tell you that the offer is a first and a third for Derek Carr who who needs to get a new contract that that has to be factored in would you make that trade if you were Washington if I was Washington, yes. If I was Vegas, not a chance in the world. <laughs> okay. Not, so, not left had the quarterback situation uh, figured out what we were going to do. You know, so what if, I felt strongly about Marcus Mariota, then maybe, but not a chance would I trade away Derek Carr for a first and a third. No way. So, so let's say it's the opposite then. So let's say it's the, 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 the trade that the Rams actually got, the two number ones, and instead of having to take on Jared Goff, because that's kind of a weird dynamic, let's say Washington includes – either Deron Payne or Montez Sweat for argument's sake, because that's where I want to come back to about compensation in a second. W what about that? Two firsts and one of those two defensive linemen, I'll let you determine who, which one you would move or, or, or Vegas should take. Would you do that if you were Washington? If I'm Washington? Yeah. Yes, I'd do that if I was Washington. I wouldn't do that if I was Vegas still. Still, not, okay. Not unless I had the quarterback, because there's not many quarterbacks coming out in this draft that I've seen that I think can be a starter as a rookie. Uh, and it also depends on uh, maybe I'm, 
creating draft capital for myself to maybe pick up uh, somebody else. Maybe, maybe we'd rather have Matt Ryan if we can get Matt Ryan or one of these other quarterbacks that may come available, which I don't know. I'm just, I'm not trying to start rumors, but I don't know who else is going to come available. If there's other quarterbacks going to be on the market, then yes, maybe I do that if I was Vegas. But if it's slim pickings as far as free agency concern, and I'm counting on the draft, I wouldn't get rid of Carr for anything right now. So, and that's the that's the issue I think a lot of these teams are facing right now. Like we spent all these weeks and months saying Aaron Rodgers is going to leave. I, I think he's going to stay unless something you know who the hell who who knows with that, what that guy's thinking. But w- w- he's not going to be anywhere have a better chance to make the Super Bowl than Green Bay. Uh, none of well, the I other- disagree with you. I think he'll have oh. a chance to win the Super Bowl wherever he goes. Whatever team he were to go to right now, he'd have a chance to win a Super Bowl. I think he's that good, in my opinion. That's just, that's my humble opinion. Oh. I think there's only a few people in the NFL that you can say that about at the quarterback position. Obviously, Tom's proved it. Uh, I think Patrick Mahomes could do it, and I think Aaron Rodgers. You take those three guys, you put them on any team, and Josh Allen is starting to change my mind a little bit as well. That's big son of a gun. Is hard is, is a problem for a lot of teams. You know what I mean? So you take those three or four guys, I think you put them, any any one of those three or four guys, you put them on Washington football team next year and they're automatic Super Bowl contenders, in my opinion. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, for, for the record, I think Aaron Rodgers, may, whether he's the greatest quarterback of all time, to me, he's the I, his the the maximum I've seen him play is best. I've, I've never seen a quarterback play better than Aaron Rodgers. Maybe not, maybe it's hard to argue against Tom Brady or Joe Montana because of the rings, but I've never seen anybody play at a higher peak than, than Aaron Rodgers. I guess my only point is he already knows what he has in Green Bay, the coach, the players, all that. If he goes to, say, Denver, uh, another rumor team, we don't know who their head coach is right now. He doesn't know those players. So while he would put them in contention, you know, you're also dealing with Mahomes to be that specific. So, like, it's something like that. Or even if he came to Washington, same thing, right? I mean, you know, he and doesn't the know this quarterback in the NFL. You're going to have a chance to win every game. I promise you, whatever team he would go to opening game, they'd be the favorite, whoever they played, unless it was maybe Kansas city, like you said with Mahomes, uh, or maybe Tampa with Tom Brady still. Uh, but with Aaron Rodgers on your team, you're going to be the favorite 15 or 16 out of 17 times because he's that good. Yeah, no, I, no, no, no argument there, but on the assumption that he's not available, which we'll see, Yep. Russell Wilson, you know, at least reports the other day suggest he's going to stay. Um, you know, the Derek Carr thing, it sounds like according to what Ian Rappaport uh, put out the other day, like it'll come down to perhaps who they, what they do at coach. Okay, fine. Um, d- who else? I mean, Deshaun Watson's got a whole other story. Sounds like maybe if Brian Flores ends up there as the head coach, maybe he ends up putting back, Pat gets past his beef with, with the organization. We'll see. But if none of those guys do that, and you're looking at the basic free agent class of the Teddy Bridgewaters, you, you know, your guy, Andy Dalton. I mean, I guess hypothetically Ryan Fitzpatrick would be out there, but I can't imagine he, he'd be back. Um, Mitch Trubisky. Is there any of those guys that you're like, oh man, I, I'm willing to roll the dice with one of these guys? Or is this where it becomes crap? I may have to, I may have to triple my offer if there are cars even remotely available because there's nobody else out there. Yeah. I think uh, at this stage with, the lack of quarterback prospects out there in free agency and in the draft, which I'm not sure about the draft yet. I haven't seen then. Yes. You're going to have to overpay uh, for one of these quarterbacks that may be on the trade market. That's no doubt about it. So you're going to lose a lot, but you're also going to gain an established starter with great experience has been and and done a lot of accomplished a lot of things in his career. Um, And that is a plus he will get your team in the right call. He'll give your chance 
a team a chance to win more so than a young quarterback who's only played one year or a quarterback who hasn't really proven anything yet. So uh, most teams and most coaches, in order to keep their job, they want to have stability at the quarterback position, right? I mean, you look at all the job openings, most of them, they're a fiasco. At, it's just, it's just, <laughs> It's chaos at the quarterback position. No secret, right? Yeah. I mean, LaFleur walks into Aaron Rodgers and he's coach of the year, probably. You know, uh, most of these teams that have great quarterbacks, they're going to be successful. And uh, uh, so you got to get one and find out how, and you're going to give up a lot to get it. So be it. Um, yeah. So, uh, so, so be it. Um, so I guess that said, I mean, since we're, since we're here, <laughs> Like what, like for you, so like let's, the season in this case, if the season were to have been over, you, like in Washington's case out, you know, a little over a week now since the season ended, uh, what's the process for you? You obviously are busy all year dealing with your team and then you eventually have to catch up with the draft. What's the process like now? You're like, okay, senior bowls come up in a few weeks. The Hula bowl was technically this week. That's not like a place we find a quarterback, but okay. Uh, it's starting to happen. How, what, what's the process for you as the, as a head coach to get up the speed to, to not only know who the players are, but what the thinking is and, 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 and starting to formulate your plan as to which direction you're going to go in. Yeah. First off, you got to take care of your players, get the exit interviews, get them on their way make sure everybody's healthy and uh, get in the right frame of mind to compete next year and, and off season program and all that. And then you got to deal with your coaches. A lot of coaches will be on their contract year. A lot of them will be, uh, griping about their coaches sometimes are a bigger pain in the neck than the players as far as contract <laughs> is concerned seriously it, it really is and then once all that gets settled uh you may want to make some staff changes you know i don't know if they're going to change on defense or offense line, whatever it might be uh then you have to interview coaches and that takes some time to get the right one uh sometimes i always felt rushed when that happened and i, I feel like that's one of my biggest downfalls is, is the hiring but it's hard uh there's so many good candidates and you get these guys on the board everybody knows how to talk football uh, and you got it for four or five hours. It, it, it's just hard. Let me just, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, then you uh, try to get the, I, I always like to start with the free agents because free agency came first. I wanted to get the free agency uh, list together. The, the, all the bowl games and all that stuff, that, that's secondary to me because we'll have a lot of time uh, before the draft to do the bowl games, to watch those on tape, uh, to watch all the college film, to see the combine. You got time for that. I think the most immediate thing is let's deal with free agency and figure out how we can upgrade our team or protect the guys on our team that are free agents and make sure we get them signed. Um, let's go back to what you just said a second ago. What, what's going on with the coaches? What's their beef when it comes? What, 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 I mean, is it just a money thing? Is it a status thing? Do they want more responsibility? Uh, no, like everybody wants more money. Everybody wants more years, you know, and then the, you know, the issue that I had is, is sometimes I liked some of my assistants a little bit more than maybe uh, somebody else did who's responsible for the ultimate hire of them. Uh, so I may have wanted to get them another year or two or more money, and it just took some time. And, uh, and maybe there was a coach I didn't like, and they wanted me to keep. So it, it, it's just hard. But I'm sure Ron, uh, who had had total control over his staff, that shouldn't be that hard for him to make quick snap decisions uh, to get the guys in here he wants. He probably already has them in. Um, but that's still step number one. You got to make sure you evaluate your staff and make sure they're growing and making sure that they're uh, doing what they're supposed to do to make themselves better, which makes their position group better, which makes your team better. I mean, it, it feels like it's such an obvious thing, but like on the one hand, we all kind of make fun of Ron a little bit because he brought back every single person he ever had dinner with in Carolina 
here. And that continues <laughs> to this day, but I get it. Like there's a comfort to that. Like you want to be, in, if you're going to be in the foxhole, so to speak, you want to know that the people who are there have your back and that type of thing. And I get it. On the other hand, um, you know, uh, it, it, it kind of seems ridiculous that you wouldn't be able to have that kind of say that like you obviously, you know, I don't, we talked for years about, you know, particular defensive coordinator, like what were some of the choices there? Uh, Joe Barry is obviously, you know, is it with the green Bay right now doing his thing, but like, you know, how much of that did you actually get to pick the staff? You're, you're asked to coach the team and do all these things. And yet you're saying you didn't have final say with, you're going to be on the sideline with and, and making a game plan with it. It always seemed like that was kind of nuts. Yeah. I mean, I did for a lot of them, which we, we had a lot of fun. I'm not going to you know say who, what coaches I didn't want or, or what have you, but you know, it's just, it's just a pain in the neck. And some of the coaches maybe thought they were a little bit more valuable than uh, they actually were, or maybe I thought they were more valuable and try to get them more money and, and uh, ownership or whatever, didn't believe so. So there's always a rift between uh, coaches, uh, how long they get uh, on their contract and how much money uh, they might feel like the, Hey, I'm the, I'm not going to use, I'll just use a position. I'm the 17th highest paid receiver coach in the league and our receivers played pretty dang good. I think I should be up in the top 10. I mean, that's a viable argument for the kid or the person. I might say, I think you're right. I love you. Let's go get it. And they might say, no, that's just a hassle. It's a pain in the neck. And then they say, well, let me, let me check out my options. And they may want to shop themselves around and uh, get another job. Then I got to find a new receiver coach, you know? So it's just a pain in the neck. Fortunately, I was able to keep Ike. Ike was a great coach. He's at Pittsburgh now. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's, it's a lot more to it with the coaches than people really think. Um, but I, I'm sure Ron has done that for that reason, probably keeping guys that he knows that he can trust that he knows he's going to be there and, and uh, uh, show up every day and work hard. I, on the other hand, I kind of like to stimulate myself with coaches from different staffs so I can maybe pick their brain on what they did and had success with uh, in other uh, situations. So uh, there's a different method to everybody's madness and just what your best take is as a coach. Right, right, for sure. And with within that, uh, you know, he did primarily hire a bunch of people from Carolina. Jack Del Rio, though, was a separate thing, yet most of Jack Del Rio's defensive staff are guys that were with Ron, not necessarily guys that Jack chose. So even within that, if we're going to sit here and say the defense was was a, a underachieving this year for these reasons, okay, well, how many of those reasons were, I don't know, was Jack Del Rio, I'm, this is just me, does Jack Del Rio feel he has the right people on his staff if he's being asked to do these things. So I guess it continues. Um, exactly. That's another issue. You know, who, who the defense, the, who the coordinators want on their staff, you know what I mean? So it's a, it's a domino. Then you got special teams. It's not, it's just for special teams, a whole different can of whoop ass. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have the training room and the strength room and, and all that stuff. So there's a lot of issues you have to take care of in house before you jump on free agency. You want to make sure that, Everybody that's working with you is with you and wants to be there and are hungry and ready to develop and, and work hard for the next year before you jump into free agency in the draft was my point. So because all these things happen and both in terms of what we're talking about here, this planning stuff, as well as the in-game stuff, like what happened with whatever Dallas did at the end of the game, as an example, it leads to criticism of, of various kinds to, you know, from the outside people to the coaches. And I'm sure on some level, you've got to be sympathetic when people are today going, Mike McCarthy's terrible or, you know, whoever the, whoever the coach or the coordinator is, they're no good. They got to lose their job, whatever. I imagine you're sympathetic to that because you were the guy in those spots. On the other hand, now that you've been among us for the, for the last year and you're watching these games on TV, 
and you're hearing the commentators and I don't know if you're paying attention to any social media or whatever. Do, do you now, do you, has, has this perspective given you some time to see how the rest of us see these games and maybe view it differently when people are criticizing coaches or coordinators? This criticism has gone on since football started by the fans and by the media, you know, sure. but now with social media, it's more obviously elevated. Uh, but coaches, if you don't win, you get fired regardless. And if, so if they would have lost 35 to three and that play never happened, he still would be on the hot seat. Right. Even if they didn't get that playoff, that whole series off, if they would have lost to San Fran any way, shape or form, Mike McCarthy would be talked about getting fired because Dallas is that good talent wise. Everybody thinks that, you know, with the offensive line they have, the two backs that they have, the receivers that they have, the quarterback that they have, the defensive front that they have, the rookie playing as well as he did, uh, the defensive digs playing as good as he's playing at corner. They should win and be in the Super Bowl. And I think that's what Jerry Jones said. So take away that last play. Forget that. Them not to win that game at home in the first round of the playoffs, I think is a major disappointment and letdown. And it doesn't matter that it's this year, if it happened last year in Dallas or the year before. Same thing in Washington. Some of these cities, all these NFL owners, they expect to win. And if you don't win, you don't make the playoffs or you lose in the first round of the playoffs, uh, odds are the head coach is going to be having some things to deal with on that Black Monday after the loss. So I know you said that, I mean, look, we're, we're hoping you get back into the coaching game if that's what you want to do. But you, you, you said, I maybe joking, maybe serious, that maybe you're going to be a radio guy at some point. So let's put your radio guy hat on. What was the thing to you that stood out positively from a, from the, in terms of the coaching or the strategy or the scheme or anything like that, 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 that you noticed from a positive perspective that was really, wow, that was really impressive what somebody was able to pull off this weekend? Oh, boy. Well, let's see. Let me think about the games, first of all, because I have a very short memory. Um, <laughs> so we had the, about... obviously Bengals, Raiders, and then the the, pay, the Bills, Patriots was obviously pretty much of a of a runaway. Yeah, uh, uh, I think the way, obviously, the Bills handled the Patriots, anytime you can score that many times in a row against the Bill Belichick defense is the most impressive thing that I've seen. And Josh Allen is it was incredible. I mean, he's running the football, throwing the ball on time, uh, ad-libbing. Uh, that was obviously the most uh, a dominating performance to a very good defense that I've seen in a long time. And I think uh, what San Fran going to Dallas, anytime you went on the road in a playoff game, it's a heck of a feat uh, to be able to run the ball the way they did with different uh, variety of runs uh, and then overcoming a couple turnovers there at the end by Jimmy, I think uh, is a great feat for them. Uh, but anytime you could advance is huge. Uh, obviously the chiefs, they're very good. You know, the cream seems to rise to the top. Everybody thought early in the year, the chiefs were struggling, uh, blasey, blasey, blasey. And when you have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, uh, Pringle, and the rest of these cats, uh, they're going to be a tough out. And their defense is starting to play a lot better as well. Uh, they're fun to watch. And obviously, Tom Brady uh, just carving up the defense. I, I felt like, you know, sometimes when you watch Tom Brady, he's so good that you feel like, heck, I could play quarterback. He's These throws are so easy. Uh, they're check downs here. They're a a flat route here they're a hitch route here they're a little slant route right here I could but he makes everything look easy because his eye discipline his timing his accuracy uh he just makes it look easy he's been so impressive over the years uh there's a lot uh that you can say that is the most impressive but I say Bill's uh score what was it five six times in a row against the Patriots was probably the most impressive thing of the weekend was there something that you could tell and I know it's not the all 22 but is there something you could tell from a strategy standpoint beyond the fact that Josh Allen is a great quarterback that they were doing to create those opportunities uh, i think some of the design quarterback runs were impressive but uh just no i think they changed it up changed up their plan a little bit they got the running game going they, they mixed up the play action got josh going and 
Uh, the ability Josh has to throw the ball in the cold weather, uh, his big hands, he's strong, um, he's athletic. Uh, he just shows that he's going to be a force to be reckoned with for many, many, many years, whether they win a Super Bowl now or not. I think the Buffalo Bills, their name will be called upon in the playoffs for many years to come when Josh is a quarterback. All right, so let's go the other way, Putting you leaving your radio hat on. What was something you watched and you're like, what was that? What, whether from a strategy standpoint or whatever, what was something that if you're doing, if you're the guy having to be in a position of criticizing something, I mean, not, you know, calling the, yeah. calling it as you see it, what was something that happened this week? And you're like, yeah, I don't quite understand that. Uh, me, it's Dallas. I think Dallas is one of the most talented teams in the pro, pro football, really. Uh, offensively, I just think uh, they just underachieved yesterday, in my opinion. And, and it's not the play calling, so to speak, or the coaching. Uh, just overall, whatever the reason, maybe because San Fran held the ball for so long with their running game and the clock kept ticking and, and San Fran did a good job of keeping them off the field. But I just feel like they should be more explosive and, and more dominant on offense with Zeke and Pollard with the running back, uh, big, strong Dak Prescott, and two, three good receivers, a good tight end. I think that's the most disappointing for me. Uh, it was uh, while we've been sitting here, uh, I guess it was what uh, uh, Jerry Jones' son, Stephen, who's obviously a high executive in there, basically said he expects Mike McCarthy to be back. Uh, I'm not going to expect that you're going to say Mike McCarthy or anybody should be fired. But in your world, when you're texting your friends, your coaching brethren, other people, are you, you must be saying, Come on, this guy. I'm not saying anybody in particular, but this guy. Come on, that guy. Why is that guy a coach? Or you, you guys do because we all do that. You, you guys are doing that, right? Well, I'm sure they did it when I was a coach. How's this guy a coach? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, everybody does that when you've been in it and done it, uh, and you're out of it. Sure, you're going to be critical and and uh, be like, how the heck? Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's a tough profession. There's no doubt about it. But still, in my mind, it's it's this time of year. It's about the players, not the plays. And uh, sometimes players step up and. I mean, Pittsburgh scores on a defensive touchdown. They go up 7 nothing. What happens? Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy they answer with 35 straight points. Uh, it's hard to come back from something like that onslaught, right? Uh, so the players really just came back and just, just overwhelmed them. Uh, and there's some good scheme involved as well with some good coaching. But really, uh, those are some pretty darn good players. Um, obviously, there's still a game to go tonight, so we don't know between the Rams or the Cardinals who who will advance. But right now, if you had to sort of say one team stands out to you that's left um, to to win the Super Bowl, is there somebody you would sort of you know nominate? Well, it's not hard for me. I, I would. Uh, I'm always going to go with the Q's uh, quarterbacks. You know, I, I think it's going to come down to Brady and Rodgers, and I think it's going to come down to Mahomes and Allen. If I don't know when they match up, or if they don't, but I think one of those four teams will do it. Well, Mahomes uh, and Allen are playing this weekend, so only one yeah, of them. I think will the winner get. of that game. I think the winner of that game will advance to the Super Bowl, and uh, obviously, uh, Rodgers Brady. Uh, that combo is going to be pretty good. But I think San Fran still got a chance. But I think at the end of the day. Um, and obviously Matthew Stafford and, and the Rams um, with their defense with Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, they can pose some problems for a lot of teams. I, everybody's got a chance, man. I mean, seriously, they're, they're in the playoffs and on a given Sunday with the referees and turnovers, crowd noise, there's a lot of things that can happen in pro football. It's impossible to predict. That's why it's so fun to watch uh, and impossible to bet on because you just never know on a given Sunday, what's going to happen. Momentum referees, uh, guys making plays, one-handed catches, balls off people's heads. I mean, you saw so many plays that were uh, a yard here, a false start here, and offsides here that changed the course of a game. Uh, the Raiders, they blow the whistle. They don't the whistle. They just say, oh, heck with it. We didn't blow it. It's a touchdown. You know, and they give the touchdown to the Bengals. I mean, things like that. If that play is reversed and the next play is a sack fumble, I mean, the whole game changes. I mean, there's issues yeah. like that throughout the course of the playoffs in every game. 
uh, that will have a lot to say. Uh, but I always will err on the side of taking uh, the best player at the quarterback position. And I named the four that will come down to. Let me ask you one more thing from the playoffs and we can move on to something else. Uh, the uh, Only because it's important for Washington, because they're in the division. Jalen Hurts didn't exactly shine yesterday um, in, in Philly's loss. And look, Philly losing to Tampa, no shame. Tampa's a defending champ and Philly is to a degree up and coming. I mean, they have some veterans like Fletcher Cox, but they're kind of new coach and all that. Um, but I think there is a question of is Jalen Hurts a guy you can build around. I always view it as, in my layman's view, it's third and seven, third and eight, fourth quarter. I got to get the first down, whether it's to keep the ball moving or get in field goal range. Can my guy make the pass when they want to take away his normal thing? I, some guys, yes. I've, I, I'm i not there with Jalen Hurts yet, and it feels like I'm not alone. But will you tell me, what do you – and Philly, by the way, three first-round picks this year. Like, they have the ammo to go do something if somebody becomes available. But Jalen Hurts, what's your sense of him? Is he somebody you think you could legitimately build around, or would you be looking to upgrade? Well, I think right now I'd be trying to build around him because let's be realistic and see who we're going to upgrade to. I mean, right now they have Gardner Minshew. He came in and played one really good game for him, so maybe uh, that's their answer. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's very difficult. You mentioned third and eight with the game on the line. You got to make a pass. The reason why I mentioned those four guys, because those are the guys that can do it consistently. Other, The other 28, 25, 24 teams that are watching right now, they can't. That's why they're watching. You know what I mean? That's a, it's, it's a lot of teams can, a lot of quarterbacks can function on first and second down. You're in the lead, you're tied, you're within three points or six points where you have the whole playbook uh, at your disposal. However, when it becomes third down and eight, third down and 10, you got to make a play to keep the drive alive. There's only a few, a handful of guys that can do that. Uh, and even the, the elite guys can't do that on a consistent basis, uh, but they can do it, maybe get you 50% of them. Other guys get you about 10% of them. That's just got to be so frustrating. I mean, to use a poker analogy, like if when you're playing poker, you don't know, you don't know that you're drawing dead until it, until the cards are revealed. Like when we watch on TV, we can see it. It feels like it may, it's not the exact same thing because in recent years, you know, the Rams made a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. The 49ers made a Super Bowl with Garoppolo, but a lot has to go your way. It just feels like you're almost like drawing dead as a coach if you don't have one of these elite quarterbacks. And as we get here, whether it's Kyler Murray or Matthew Stafford, basically there won't be any, uh, I guess Garoppolo will be the only one who's like a borderline good quarterback. Everybody else is pretty good. And if you don't have one of those guys, like, wait, what? Yeah, what yeah. I, I think the way the game transpires for all these guys is, is critical. You got to stay in the lead. You got to avoid turnovers. Uh, you got to maintain some drives, keep your defense fresh. Uh, late in the year, playoff time, it's all about being able to run the ball uh, from time to time. Uh, but once you get behind in the playoffs with the crowd noise and all that stuff, and you're facing a uh, one-dimensional team, you're going to have a great advantage to win that game. Uh, the multi-dimensional the multi teams throughout the course of four quarters have just a huge advantage than the teams that get one. Well, you saw Philly the other day when they, if they got down, they had no chance. Even with Big Ben, uh, they've had a couple of good drives to try to get remotely back in the game within 20 or 22 points or 25 points. But still, that's too tall, too tall of a task to ask. Uh, any quarterback um, but the great ones um, they'll come back with the lead they'll win uh, it, it's hard to beat the great ones no matter what the score is yeah for uh, for, for sure all right in the, in the last couple of minutes here I have a couple of random questions for you uh, 
you said on the radio the other day, I didn't hear the interview, but it made some noise. You said that you, the, in terms of the name change here, that that's going to happen in February 2nd, that you think they shouldn't have done that? Yeah, uh, I'm just messing around. I, I, I really don't care. It really was my well, point. I, I kind of figured you didn't care. That's why I, did, I didn't hear it. I didn't know if you were sort of screwed with them. Or... What happened was I was supposed to be on at 4 o'clock, and they kept pushing me, hey, we're going to push you back to 5 o'clock. Is that okay? Because they're announcing a name change in a month. I go, really? What the heck's a big deal? They're announcing a month. Why you have to – what are you talking about? Shouldn't even change it anyway. What the heck? So, yeah, I, I didn't mean for that to get that many headlines. I don't care what their name is. I, shit, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm just – heck. Well, I mean, to, to the point of how crazy it's been just over the announcement that there will be an announcement is... Yeah, uh, exactly. That was my point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, really? Uh, I, I, feel, I feel you on, on, on that Turn one. it into basket cases because they're announcing the name in a month? <laughs> yeah, I know people have been going crazy. Like, it was announced that they were going to do it on the Today Show, and everybody in, around town was having a conniption fit over this because, like, it should be a local event. I'm like you realize that the Today Show has the capability of a satellite where they could actually do it from here, and it's just on the Today Show. When the President of the United States does an interview with Savannah Guthrie, he might be in the Oval Office. It doesn't, he doesn't, have, anyway. So, and of course, now they've said that there will be a local event. So, uh, people have lost their mind over this, uh, no, no doubt. Um, you said what you said about the name change on the Team 980 with Chris Russell. For the record, I've done some guest uh, hosting over there, so props to everybody over there for, for that. Uh, but here's my question. You have been available. You've been on this podcast a handful of times um, over the last couple of years. And I appreciate it. I know others podcast. You did this radio, I think with Chris Russell, like every week, as far as I know, it was just, you just decided to do it. I don't think you were, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think you were like a, uh, it wasn't a paid assignment. What, no. what, are, you, what are you doing here? Why, why are you still talking to us in the market where you were sent told to from a coaching perspective out what why why do you still want to keep talking to us i i mean i have no beef against anybody there you know i i had a great five six years five and a half six years there and had a lot of time met a lot of good people there and i know there's people that uh dislike me and i'm sure i dislike a few people over there but the media was always pretty fair to me and and really some of the stuff i probably deserved you know from the negative standpoint and some things that I expect to happen when you don't win, you're going to get criticized mightily, especially in this market. So I have no uh, no problem with that. That's just the way it is. That's the way it always will be. I'm sure Ron's getting his fair share of criticism right now, uh, and he will continue to get it uh, until he gets fired if he doesn't win. That's just the way it is in pro football. And if he turns it around, he'll be the talk of the town and the toast of the town. So uh, good luck to him. Uh, but as far as just going away and burying my head under the sand, you know, for what, you know, I'm proud of the accomplishments that we made. Unfortunately, I didn't get it done. Grateful for the opportunity, uh, but also enjoyed uh, my time there and, and making the relationships that I did. Well, and I think that says something about who you are, man. I don't know you that well, but my experience is that like, you're kind of like, Hey man, life's too short and I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And why am I going to get worried about, sure. It didn't end maybe the way I wanted it to, but whatever. I think other people would be like, okay, I'm not going to be around, not even so much of whether the media was mean or nice, but just the idea of, I'm not going to be around this conversation because you are still on some level part of it. Because whenever we talk about whatever, uh, you know, why is why did Washington draft Wayne Haskins? We have to sort of discuss with you or what happened with Kirk Cousins or whatever. Like it always comes back to you on some level, but yet you're still here and thus are going to get people like me asking you questions to some degree about what happened that I would think at some point you'd be like, ugh. <laughs> I mean, I'm over this. Let me go away now. 
Well, I'm definitely over it and uh, it moved on. It's kind of fun to talk about from time to time. But, uh, you know, there's some things that I think uh, that if we'd have done a few things different, it could have been monumental changes. It could have really helped us out. But at the end of the day, um, you know, Alex's injury was probably one that we didn't overcome as good as we should have. And, and obviously losing Colt McCoy that year was probably a downfall. You know, we were six and three at that time and uh, losing two of your top quarterbacks uh, that late in the year is, is going to be tough to overcome. And then when they're not available the following year, it's going to be tough to overcome. And we didn't overcome it. And that's why I'm sitting here on my chair in Jacksonville talking to you. <laughs> You, your guy Colt had a, had a good had a good run. He had what do you have? A couple wins at least, I think. Yeah, Colt was fun, man. It's fun to watch. Texted him and, and talked to him and congratulate him. And uh, it's fun to see him come back in and compete and really try to just battle for his uh, career. And and when he did get the opportunity, finally take advantage of it, stay healthy, and get themselves a couple get himself a couple wins, which is huge for that team. Because you know, had they lost those games when when Kyler was out, they wouldn't have made the playoffs. Uh, so those were critical wins for the for the Cardinals. I think they're two and one with Colts. So uh, those are two big wins. Um, another guy you had, Brandon Scherf. I'm not even going to ask you to weigh in on this. I'm just going to say he won't be back here. They've already done two tags. You're definitely not giving a guard a third one. So if you haven't been able to get a long term deal by now, I'm going to assume it's not going to happen and that he's gone. Uh, feel free to tell me I'm wrong, but uh, <laughs> but. Uh, in terms of you, told, you mentioned this before that you guys were only able to get a third round pick for, for Kirk cousins. Uh, and that was, you know, uh, there was a lot going on there, but they only got a third and a fifth in the trade for Trent Williams. Ron inherited that huh. situation. Huh. That not great either. If Sheriff leaves in free agency, they're only gonna, what's that? He's the best tackle in pro football, maybe in history. And we got a third and a fifth for him. That, that that's insane. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> well, and so like if Brandon Sheriff leaves, uh, maybe he's not the best tackle in history, but he's a five-time pro bowler, all that. Uh, you know, he can't always stay healthy, but when he plays, he's always rated very highly. He might leave for a third. It feels like part of what is never discussed or not discussed enough in terms of the roster building is asset management. Like, it's not enough just to say, well, you drafted a guy and then he did well, or you signed a free agent, he did well. You have these assets, and how do you maximize them even if they leave? Uh, it feels like that's something that, like, it feels like Bill Belichick – I'm not saying he's always great, but like seems he's cognizant of that. We'll trade guys before they kind of run out, whatever. Is that part of the discussion that maybe not is discussed enough publicly? Yeah, I think so. It's a very important part of the game and managing your football team. That's why I said, once you get your team exit physicals and uh, your coaching staff, then you address uh, your own team's free agency and make sure you're collect, uh, keeping the guys you want or trying to get what you can get for them if they're going to leave. Uh, sometimes you can't get what you want. Uh, nobody, there's no takers and you can't afford to pay them. And unfortunately that's part of the business. Bill Belichick, I think uh, coach Belichick, I think had a lot of success losing some really good players to other teams. However, he always had the best quarterback in the NFL where he could overcome it. Right. Uh, you know, so, and then he's always been able to pick some guys off other rosters that maybe not as heralded uh, and turn them into much better players because he's a good coach and gets them ready to play on his team and his style. So uh, he's, he's done it both ways. And that's something that you just have to adjust to, you know, you may not be able to get a, a top tier first round pick for Brandon Sheriff because he is a guard. You may have to get a third, but when you have a left tackle like Trent Williams, uh, you should be able to get more than a third and a fifth. When you have a quarterback like Kirk cousins, you should be able to get more than a third. Uh, so uh, that's where you have to make sure when you have a top commodity guy, it's just no different than, uh, you know, stock market. I mean, and supply and demand, there's a huge supply problem at the quarterback position and the left tackle position. 
uh, and there's a huge demand for it. So you better get what you can get if you have one. And if you don't have one, you're going to have to pay a lot. I, I don't know if you have a stress ball in your house or if when you get stress, you go to the gym or have a cold one, or I don't know what, when you found out when you, when it came to your conclusion that for your starting quarterback, that you were only going to get a third round pick for him. What, what, what did you do in that moment to re- alleviate what I assume was like a stressful, you got to be kidding me kind of moment. Well, he had, I think he had two or three teams offered him like the highest paid money uh, in the history of the game. So he has put a lot on tape. He did put a lot on tape to warrant that kind of money uh, because of the supply and demand, you know, maybe he's not uh, Joe Montana or or, uh, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. However, he is a very good quarterback that you have to have in order to advance in order to win games in the national football league. Uh, And we ended up losing them for nothing. Uh, So it's, it's frustrating, but I think, and, you know, not bashing our organization. I do think that we thought that we were going to sign him. I think we offered him a pretty good contract as well. Just not quite good enough as Minnesota or maybe the Jets. Uh, but we thought it was going to be good enough to get him. And it wasn't not close. Not close. Um, well, sorry. Sorry about that. Because, it, 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 I mean, it is unfortunate. I mean, again, because we're talking to you, these things come up. And, and for, for this organization, that it's not just it goes well past your era for how long it's been since they've been able to find a real every week, every, you know, every year after year quarterback. And, and like, this is part of the reason why it's been hard to, to have any sustainable um, success well, yeah. in these parts. It's um, not the franchise though. You know, this it's really not, you know, the, you look at over the last 25 years and there's not a lot of teams winning Super Bowls, <laughs> except right. for the ones with really, really good ones. So uh, you just got to keep working at it. And that's, that's the whole key of this franchise. You got to make sure in, in every NFL franchise, if you got one, you better keep them. And if you don't have one, you do whatever you can to get one. So from like the perspective of both getting a quarterback and maximizing your assets. So they famously have four first round picks on the defensive line. They just paid Jonathan Allen an extension last year and he goes out and has a pro bowl season. Kudos to him for continuing to play well. You've got Chase Young on the other end of the time frame. He obviously had a bit of a disappointing year and then he had the injury, but his contract is on the piece. He's fine for a bit. You have Deron Payne this year. He's going to his fifth year, either have to extend him or he's the third year compensatory pick if he leaves in free agency Uh, or, and then you have Montez Sweat, who is contract eligible this year, also had a bit of a down year between injuries and had some personal family tragedy going on as well. Um, It doesn't seem to me to be ideal to, to, to extend four defensive linemen, but okay, they're assets. So what would you do? Would you play it out with these guys and just, I'll just roll the dice and see what happens, even if it means I pain leaves. Would you try to take one of these guys with first round picks and whoever is available, whichever good quarterback is available here, take this guy. We just want to maximize the situation. Like, what would you do to both maximize the situation and then in turn maybe help get you a quarterback? Well, I think when it comes to pain, you have to look what's in the building. You know, I know they have Matt Ioannidis who plays on the interior as well. So you have Jonathan and Matt. If you were to lose pain, who do we have? Uh, that can fill his spot? What kind of depth? How does that impact our depth on our starting uh, front? Uh, which, you know, I think Duran is one of the best defensive linemen in the game, but uh, I, call me crazy. I think he's a great run stopper. I think he can rush a passer better than people think. Um, so, yeah, it, but to pay two of them in there is going to be hard. So I would pr- assume they're going to lose him. Uh, pass rushers are hard to find right now. Uh, I think they're going to have to do whatever they can to keep sweat. Uh, uh, he can run. 
a lot of these mobile quarterbacks, it's great to have an outside defensive end that can run 4-4 to catch the likes of Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahone, these guys that are running around and Josh Allens, you know what I mean? Right. It's fun to watch them try to break contain and watch Sweat just hawk them down. I mean, it's it's a good luxury to have. So I would do whatever I could uh, to keep him, in my opinion. Um, I, I, interior defensive linemen that are run stoppers, I think you might be able to we won't find one as good as drawn, but I think you'll be able to find one to go along with Matt and Jonathan Allen in there. Uh, but outside speed pass rushers, they're a little harder to find, especially with Chase Young coming off the injury. Um, I, I know I need to let you go here. I appreciate the time. And I, I know you uh, have been kind to talk to me and you said you didn't have any, the golf course is closed today. So you don't have anywhere to go, but I'm sure you have better things to do than just to talk to me, but uh, you obviously watch Washington all year. Is there, I mean, anything else that's for you that, I don't know, stood out that I haven't, I haven't had a chance to get your, your, your view on anything, anything good or bad that kind of jumped out to you this year? Well, I was watching other teams as well. Uh, I, I don't know. I think, you know, it's hard to say. I think, obviously, I think everybody kind of, when you watch Washington, you expect their defense to be more dominating than it was. I think that's probably the most disappointing thing for uh, that team, especially early in the year when they had all their guns uh, out there. They just seemed like uh, they weren't as dominant as they should have been. You know, I think, uh, that's the one thing that they'll have to address once they get everybody back, whether they have to change a few things, fronts, coverages, whatever it might be, add more blitzes, less blitzes. I don't know uh, what Jack's doing or what they're planning on doing. Um, and then obviously the quarterback position, you got to find consistency there and, and uh, help them out. Uh, you, did you watch the Dallas game yesterday with the sound on? Yeah. So when you were on here a couple of times ago, you said that, uh, you could do the Tony Romo trick of predicting plays and that got some attention. He doesn't do that anymore. What, what happened to that? Did you, I know you were in the mix last year for some analyst jobs. Is that something they frowned upon these days? Like, Cause I would have thought that would have been, that was like his big party trick and now he's not doing it anymore. Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it, it's hard to do number one, because there's a lot of them are run pass options. So you can say it's, it's an RPO because you can't make the call until you read the play out based on what the linebacker does or, or what have you. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's hard to do. And, and sometimes, uh, that gets in the way of the commentator, the main guy talking. Sometimes you talk too much as a, as a, as a color guy, you got to let the, the play by play guy do his job too, you know? Right. I mean, did I, the one that's, that that's, that's a tough job. That's something that, you know, I've never done before, which I think would be the hardest for me is when to shut up and when to talk, you know what I mean? Are you talking, am I talking too much? Am I not talking enough? You know, so that's, it's, it's, you got to have a gift. And I think Tony and Troy, they, they do an unbelievable job. I've seen some other guys uh, now that I've taken a step back to watch that uh, are whew, tough to listen to. Um, but there's some really good ones out there. And obviously Tony and Troy are the best. Yeah. I mean, I think Greg Olson was pretty good this year. I mean, I obviously don't hear that much because I'm at the game. So I really only hear Al, Al Michael, Chris Collinsworth on Sunday night. And then yeah. I was watching a lot of the, the Peyton Manning, Eli Manning thing on Mondays. So those are the only two things that I largely uh, heard. Uh, Drew Brees sounded like a little bit of a struggle this weekend. Uh, but for you, like, was that something you did? You I don't know. Is that something you thought you were going to potentially no, I did, do? Uh, I did a little. I uh, flew out there, did an interview uh, with Fox uh, a while ago. And uh, I think I lost out to Mark Sanchez, that son of a gun. But that's okay. Mark Mark's got a good personality. He's a lot more handsome than I am and younger and better looking, you know. So I don't blame him for hiring Mark. He's got a great personality. Um, yeah, he did, uh, I forget which one he did. I think, I think he maybe did the Garrett Gilbert game where Garrett Gilbert was only had four days to prep 
and obviously Sanchez came in and uh, had you know very little time to 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 get going. So yeah, sort of a full circle moment there. Or he did one of those games. I, I forget. I forget which. Um, well, Damian, I definitely appreciate it. Is there anything I didn't ask you that we need to discuss, or anything from your life? Uh, I don't know. You watching? You got any shows you're you're watching? Did you watch Squid Game? Or you, I, I hear Yellow Jackets is a show. You got anything? Uh, Yellow Jacket, Yellowstone. You, well, there's Yellow. Wait, there's Yellowstone, which I'm three episodes into. So I just started watching that. Those. I think it's. Hold on. I feel like there's some show Yellow Jackets. It's about some uh, female. Um, uh, soccer team that like crashed in sort of like that and they have like uh like you know that that soccer story that was a real story yeah about like yeah they crashed and like had it and they're like teenagers and like they have to survive out in the middle of nowhere and uh, apparently like cannibalism talk is somewhere in the mix but apparently oh, wow. but apparently there's like a really it's really good i don't know never heard of that one i'll try that are, one are you watching yellowstone yeah i'm all caught up 1883 i just watched the uh that's pretty good that's the prequel to yellowstone that's not bad Oh, okay. I didn't even know there was a prequel. I'm literally, once the season ended, I was like, okay, let me start watching something. And everybody I know seems to be watching Yellowstone. So yeah, I'm like three episodes in. Uh, I was like Kevin Costner. His daughter's insane. I kind of like her. Yeah, yeah. But it's 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 good that uh, I'm a little worried when football's over. What am I going to do on these Sundays and Saturdays? Uh, great game tonight. That'll be fun to watch. You know, I can't wait to see what Sean does with the Cardinals and what the Cardinals are going to try to do to stop Stafford in the group. That'll be a fun game to watch tonight. Do, do you do you do you get annoyed when everybody just talks about him being from somebody else's tree? You had you had you had him. Sean's from my tree. Anybody who says anything different, they're lying. He was a secretary for my brother for a year, and I hired him in the UFL, and I hired him, uh, and then Shanahan had him for one year as a tight end coach. Only reason he upgraded him to tight end coach because when I was at Cincinnati, I tried to hire him as a receiver coach. Uh, they wouldn't let him go because he was quality control, and then they upgraded him to tight end coach, so I couldn't take him. Uh, so yeah, and then I brought him here and I got abused for hiring the youngest offensive coordinator in the NFL. Uh, so yeah, he's my tree. I, I feel, I feel this is the breakout mo- mo- moment of, of this, uh, podcast. Like what, like, do, like Actually, you were... the reason why I wanted Sean so bad. He's really Shanahan's tree as well. I'm just joking around <laughs> because he was, uh, had the experience with the Shanahan's in that system. And we're trying to, uh, kind of intermix, uh, our plays and our play calling to make it as easy as possible for the quarterbacks, Robert and obviously Kirk. So it was a great hire and, and Sean did a great job and deserves all the success he's had because he's uh, very, very good at what he does. You were his boss at that point and you had more experience. So clearly whatever was going to happen, ultimately you had to sign off on it. But now when you hear everybody talk about how great Sean McVay is and maybe he's the smartest guy out there, do you look at it and think, wait a minute, I'm, I was this guy's boss a minute ago. What are we talking about here? Yeah, no, I mean, sometimes that happens. Sometimes uh, when uh, employees run off away from their employer, they become better than the employer. So that's what's happened with Sean. And I'm happy for him because he is a great guy and worked extremely hard for us, uh, made me better, uh, and obviously has done a great job at the Rams. So I have no problem with them calling him a genius and me an idiot, which will continue to happen, I'm sure, for a number of years. I mean, this is why this is why you're 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 fun and interesting because you're willing to say that most people, myself included, probably would not be willing. Oh, I'll I'll self I'll self deprecate with the best of them, but I don't have the job. I've never had the job opposite that you have, where you're taking shots. So, uh, if you're if you're if you're aware of what people may or may not be thinking, and you're willing to make, poke fun of it, then that's uh, all the better for you. Um, I appreciate it, Jay. Uh, best of luck the rest of this off season. I hope your uh, golf game goes well, and I hope if you know if you do want to get back into coaching, that that, that it works out. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Anytime. I'm free.
All right. As promised, wanted to talk more about the upcoming Washington football team name announcement. We don't don't want to just speculate like we're all doing on Twitter. No, we want to have some actual insight into this process. And the person who helped me do this for The Athletic uh, last year has been kind enough to join me here. He's the co-founder of Metaforce, which is one of the uh, leading branding experts dealing with big, small companies around the world. He's also an adjunct associate professor at New York University's Stern School of Business. He is Alan Adamson. And Alan, Alan great to see you. I appreciate the time. Uh, it's been it's been a journey on this end watching this. How, how's it been for you uh, from afar since I roped you into this last year, paying attention somewhat, probably, I imagine, to what's been going on here in Washington? Well, thanks for inviting me. And, you know, so far, nothing in the process has surprised me, you know, um, anytime you're forced to come up with a new name, either because your current name, you know, is the wrong story, or there's a trademark issue, or the issue that the Washington team has, it's it always sounds like how hard could this be? Most people then begin with a pizza lunch, and we generate some names, and they soon find that, gee, those are meh. So they go to another pizza lunch, and then they go hire some firms, and it goes around and around and creative, and it turns out that you know, what seems like a no-brainer to most companies, including sports team, is how hard it is, could it be to come up with another name? Uh, and everyone soon finds out that they get to the point where I'm sure the Washington team is now. They spent months generating names. Nothing came up and said, oh my God, that's perfect. <laughs> they have a number of candidates, each are okay or good. Uh, and they have to pick, you know, one because they have to make a change. And I, I do think that, you know, calling them the Washington football team forever is not a good solution. Um, and so they're at the end of the journey, the time's up <laughs> and they've got to put, you know, pick a card out of the hat and they got to get in front of the world and say, I've been working on this for two years and here is a name. And no matter what name they pick, it's going to be a thud. Yeah, no, I, I think that last part's definitely going to be the case. We can see the, 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 the differences of opinions online and, and everybody reacts positively or often negatively to all of it. Um, I mentioned in, in the intro before I brought you on that um, last year, we did a um, n- name simulation for the athletic. And, and you know, I, I spoke to you, your partner, Martin tipping, and, you know, kind of, I spoke to a little bit to, to the team with Jason, Wright, The team president to try to get a feel for like, what is the process here. But you and I first talked just a couple of days after they dropped the Redskins name, because, Immediately, I think a lot of people thought, okay, well, they're going to have a new name tomorrow. <laughs> like, right. okay, just pull another name out. Let's go. And then we spoke to you and you were like, no, 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 no. This is a, this is a journey. It's going to take a minute it, to do this right for any brand. It's well, the 18, months, at least. Yeah. Months, months. And you, I mean, you went as far as 18 months or so, and it will be 18 months by the time they actually do this on February 2nd, it'll be like 18 months, like 20 days since right since they did this and it does take a while the, the 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 copyright aspect is a huge deal but ultimately whatever that part is everybody just wants to get to the the the, the name um you as part of the story for us you and you and your, your team came up with names um we- yeah but as you as you recall ben you know you if you start saying give me a new name for the team you will instantly fail as we talked when we did the process so i'm sure they followed a process i would hope they did but like we did with your process we had to come up with what story do we want to tell? That's why we spoke to the, the alumni and players. And, you know, because if you don't know what the story is, then you can't put a bow around it. So we spent a fair amount of time discussing 
what should the name do? What do great names do? What can it do? Can't call them, but you know, Washington, you know, pink football team, you know, yeah, we had to, it had to have some gravitas. And, but even if you have the story, it's still hard because you need to pick something that you can't use a research and say, we tested 10 names, one name got 98, one name got two. And so we're going to go with the 98 because if you test these names, you'll get 5149, they're so polar, or you'll get a bunch of people at. And so they, consumers and customers and fans can help you make this decision. You're going to have to boldly go where no one has gone before. <laughs> right, for sure. Now, the, the, the team has insisted that there has been no public list of, a fin- of, of, of eight finalists, even though when they made a video last summer, it was, I, they're saying it was misinterpreted that names that were shown on the screen or in this part of this video were to suggest a, a final eight, even though co-CEO Tanya Snyder later later in a podcast with Adam Schefter seemed to confirm this is the case. Okay, we'll, we'll put all that aside, but we'll use these names a little bit that are out there as sort of a jumping off point. And specifically, what I wanted to ask you is, a lot of the names have some sort of either military or government type of connection and obviously we're washington dc and that would make sense armada presidents uh brigade commanders defenders now uh admirals has jumped into this that's not that was not on the the list but that was one of the supposed that's what some people think it's the name we'll see the list that you guys came up with included command obviously similar to commanders uh districts which is you know at least ties it in to the area does it for you, when you guys were going through that, like how important obviously was that component that it needed to be something perhaps that it does connect to here as opposed to saying the Washington Sharks or something that had exactly. nothing to you, do with. You couldn't start, you had to do something that picks from the DNA of either the team, which is why we also had, you know, Red Hogs and um, and you had to pick something from the from the community. You, you couldn't say the Dolphins or the Sharks or, you, you know, you had to have a building block uh, and it had to have, you know, pun intended for sharks, it had to have teeth. It had to make the teeth feel (laughs) like when they're on the other side of the field, you're going to be, you're going to be nervous. So, um, and and the challenge you have is if you pick names like, you know, it's easy, everyone's going to be on Monday morning skewering all these names if if they pick any, but, you know, if you pick, um, you know, admirals, you know, yes, you know, uh, James T. Kirk became an admiral, admiral, admiral of the uh of starfleet but you'd rather have captain kirk firing the phasers not the four-star admiral in headquarters representing you so you know that's more status than teeth uh so no matter which name you go down you know obviously presidents <laughs> right now are not uh, number one on people's lists of uh of favorite ideas <laughs> right and defenders doesn't sound like you know you don't want you know, most i think what you would know most fans want a have a great defense and only lose each game by two points is not a real <laughs> good strategy. So, um, but yeah, you know, as I said, it, it, no matter what name they pick, it's going to be tough. The best they can do, which, you know, it's really hard for many companies is keep it under wraps. It, it, you know, do what Apple does until they launch it and then really have a good story as to why they picked the Red Hawks um, and why it's right. And not a press release. We looked at 100 names and Red Hawks is it. You know, you, you need to get people to buy it emotionally. So this can't be a, you know, um, 
commanders sound strong and it sounds relevant to the Washington area. You can't rationally get people to love the name. You've got to get them to emotionally accept it before they can intellectually buy it. And, and is that, when you talk about the story, is that putting out a video? They put out a video the other day with the announcement and I thought the video was effective, you know, in terms of- no, it, You know, it has to be more creative than a news conference where somebody gets up and say, you know, it, it can't be it can't be a Ted Lasso news conference after the game where he's <laughs> clever and, you know, we think this is what you want. It's It's got to get people, it's got to get their fans goosebumps to say, yeah, this, yeah, I can, I can see myself. I don't, I love, yeah, I, I, I love the old name. I didn't like the other, but it can't be an intellectual purchase. Gotcha. Now you want, when we're right before we came on, you, 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 you were noting that, look, research is important. We, we, you know, in our simulation, we had a couple of panels, obviously it was, you know, the, 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 the base level just to try to go through the process. They've been going through this for months and months and months. They had a website where fans could come in and they had thousands and thousands of people make suggestions there. But one of the points you're making is at some point research can maybe get you into trouble, that it maybe takes away some of the, the that emotion. You're, it becomes a perfunctory. Yeah, you don't want to, research will help you make a incredibly stupid, stop you from making a stupid mistake. You know, this name means something terrible in Spanish or, you know, this name, if you look at it sideways, you know, so that it will, it will eliminate disaster, but it can help you pick among the alternatives really well. And most of them will also maybe lift out, cut off the top as well as the bottom. In other words, anything that could be a home run, you know, might be too, you know, research will, because consumers will only take you back to what the familiar is. And so if it's really, so they'll end up, the research will push them to a name that sounds like every other sports team in the country from hockey to basketball. And, you know, they'll end up with a forgettable name. You know, there's a bit of, I think, shell shock here that I'm sure management, the last thing they want to do is launch another name and have to go through this again in five years. So they're, they're going to probably, anytime a company changes a name on the defense, like they had to do, it's really hard to be bold. You, you tend to be, you know, standing behind the, the sandbags. Companies that decide that they want to do this when they don't have to do it, uh, do a better job of renaming because they're doing it with an offensive plan in mind, not how do we prevent this from ever happening again? And oh my God. And, you know, so, so I think, unfortunately, two things. One, they're coming from a place where they're on the defense. <laughs> and so they're not going to be throwing the long bomb. And two, um, as much as you want to involve everybody in leadership, you know, it's a famous David Ogilvy quote, you, who's a famous ad guy. Uh, you look at all the parks and town squares in the country, and there are no statues to committees. So, you know, <laughs> if you're trying to make this as a group thing, you will also pull yourself away from anything bold and wow, and um, take yourself back to two years, and that's the best they can do, which, I, which is, I think, where they'll probably end up. And, you know, so be it, because um, it, um, um, you know, maybe no news is good news for them. Uh, that, that, that would be an improvement over, all, all, over what typically is happening around here. Let, let me ask you about the, the, the rollout. You, you mentioned something that's got to be emotional. They are, they are going to make the announcement on the Today Show. 
February 2nd. This is a, this has upset many people around here because they're like, why are you doing a national show for what is essentially a local story? Yes, it's an NFL team, but this is the, this is for the fans who care. This isn't for people who are watching yeah, the Today it, Show in Peoria or, or wherever else. I My theory is that the NFL is running this show and that they want to sort of make this they they almost like want to separate themselves from the local aspect on some level plus if, if they do it on the today show people like me aren't asking questions um probably but what's your view of, of the fact that they're doing yeah it i that think way? that's a bad media choice because it, this has to succeed authentically and you know if the today show was filmed in washington and it was you know if, if it was washington week right you know that would be a good show that's an old show but you know uh, yeah, meet the press is, or something right yeah, yeah, meet the press and be yeah, relevant. Uh, so I think, you know, that's also a an early warning, Will Robinson, that this, the the rollout, which has to be more powerful, is going to be just somebody from management listen to names, they'll show the video, there'll be a story. You know, the way to launch this would be to have every famous Washington player that is around get up and tell you, you know. I like this name, and let me tell you why I am behind this. You know, they need testimonials, like you see a great show. I want to, you should go see the show. They don't need slick, you know, fake rah-rah fans cheering with a logo that's going to look like every other logo uh, and some music that's going to sound like, um, you know, uh, the NFL on NBC. Yeah, Um T- totally now speaking of the today show so again this is february 2nd it is now uh, january 7th this news is it's been out a couple of weeks or a couple of days now that they're going to make this uh announcement and everybody on twitter is now spending every waking minute trying to fa- solve the name they're looking for clues in the videos it seems and they might out. find the needle in the haystack because you know even i mean apple has this problem every you know they used to be that if they wanted you wanted to feed what the new iphone was you had to fly to you know Taiwan to break into the factory. Now, even they've had trouble, you know, keeping it under, but there's so many fanatical Apple fans that they're able to crack the people making the cases and somebody slips something in an envelope somewhere for a few bucks. So I think, you know, the fact that they even put the date out there, the the longer the wait time is, somebody's going to crack it. And once it gets out and gets pre-skewered on Twitter, which it will be, no matter what name, you will get roasted by the time they, you know, get on the show and they sit around the table and there's a cup of coffee and they say, Hey, here's a new name. And, you know, they do the morning show, <laughs> you know, I think it, it, it will be old news or bad news. No, that's a good point that like, it's not just enough of whether they're going to do the rollout they've given, they've given everybody such the warning. Cause I feel like with the, with the Cleveland guardians, I'm not paying enough attention, but I didn't get a sense that, Oh, they're going to announce it on this day, just one day. It just showed no, up they and just, happened. Yeah, what you want to do is you want to be on the offense. <laughs> you you don't want to tell somebody you're you're going to run this pattern and you're going to throw the pass to that person on Tuesday. But especially <laughs> right. when you've got an audience that's really pissed off at you and saying, you know, and then, you know, if they had the home run name, maybe. But my sense is, given the process we went through and the challenge of finding something you can own that's relevant for Washington, you, you know, relevant, there's something you can that feels like a real football team, not a wimpy football team um, that you can pronounce, not like a pharmaceutical with their 14 letters in it. Um, yeah, so I think you know, now, and everything matters. The most, in fact, what happens with many companies is by the time they get to the finish line, they're so out of energy, they're so exhausted 
But like anything else, the only thing that matters now is how well they execute it. Because you can have the greatest idea, but if you don't execute it brilliantly, you know, it's that last, it's a first impression that matters. And then telling people all the names you looked at and what the research showed and showing testimonials of people out there, oh, I like that name a lot from focus groups. That, you know, it, it's, it's all about opening night. When that curtain comes out, you're either going to go, wow, or you're going to go, where are my tomatoes? I, I, I hear you. Well, so, okay. So obviously one way or the other, they're going to pick some name. And I agree with you that the football team needed to go. If I say that, if nothing else, as a reporter who has to right. work around, I, I not one time, I'm proud to say I've not one time written the football team got a first down or what I, I refuse to do that. It sounds, it yeah. sounds so Charlie Brown cartoonish. Um, right. But that said, they're going to pick a name. Now I personally, like, I, I would like one of the names that you guys picked in our story to go. So red hogs is one of the names. Mm-hmm. That's out there. I, that, that makes sense. I think from uh, obviously because it, 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 it's authentic, they're ready. It's a nickname. I mean, the only grief they're going to get is we spend millions of dollars to come up with Red Hogs. I could have told you that, you know, on day two. Right. But sometimes the obvious answer is the best answer. Right, and I I agree. You got to sift through. Uh, you know, it's a, you know, it's like dating. You got to sift through all the stuff to turn out that your your next door neighbor come, is the one. Usually, you create a process. You go, you take a big journey, and you come back to your starting point and you have to have the courage to to say i wasted two years and this you're often better than trying to be fancy and go for the <laughs> right so for me like red hogs i think makes a lot of sense you know again it, not trying to thread the needle there making everybody happy but it, it does connect to the past you keep the red uh you you guys in our story said that it's it's a perfect name of basically kind of saying yeah we're, we're confident you're, you're gonna make fun of us whatever, whatever. we're good with this name uh we, mm-hmm. we like it um command you you guys had command they commanders again seems to be one of the right. favorites out there i i get it i think that's a decent name it's pretty common for a it feels like a sports team you know it has some teeth to it um it feels relevant because it's military for 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 washington you know doesn't mean something terrible you know you know, I, it's less edgy than Red Hogs, <laughs> right. uh, less less grungy. But you know, yes, you know, after this process, they land there. You know, it would be pretty much a well done, well done job. The the, the name I like it, that sort of connects all this. Now, it was not on these lists, but it's been mentioned to a degree. Is Sentinels? It connects to the area. The issue is, it was the name of the fake team in the Keanu Reeves movie, The Replacements, which was based loosely on the 1987 Washington team in the strike season. Um, I, I personally kind of like that one, but- It, feel, it feels and works very much like Commanders. It, it's a name you don't, a word you don't hear all the time. Right. So it doesn't have the, the presidents or the senators or the capitals, <laughs> which are so expected. Um, and and it, you know these days that tight a tie to Washington government is risky. So all that said, and I know it's not normally your job to, you'll present ideas to the client and the client's going to choose from that. But if I sort of put you on the spot and say, all right, of all the names that are out here, all the concepts, whatever it is, is there something that for you, now that we've reached this journey, we've gotten to the end almost that for you, if you were just to say, look, this is the one name I would push forward that for you makes the most sense. I would go with a heritage, go with a nickname. Uh, it's got grit, Red Hogs, it sounds, it's instantly authentic. It doesn't sound like every other 
team out there. I, 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 you know better than I do, but I, I can't think of a sports, you know, maybe there are a couple, but most of the other teams, you know, the Giants, and the Bank, you know, they all have nice names. This has, you know, spunk as that, as uh, Lou uh, from uh, the Mary Tyler Moore said. It has some, yeah, and it's instantly remember, you, know, you don't have to, you won't have trouble spelling it. Well, you know that, and that that that's key, especially in the fourth quarter when people have been drinking beer. Um, hey, you can share, you can share it. It's got a nickname, all all all, all that. Um, Lou Grant though, or uh, did not like Spunk, but in this case, I'm with you. I like uh, that. That's I, that's that's kind of where I would go to. But uh, we'll see. One way or the other, there will be a name. Um, Alan, thanks for your time here, and of course, mostly thanks for your time for for the months that we were doing that other the, the other projects um you've been I, on the inside and the outside so you had both the perspective that you were running the naming project because we ran it just as whoever they hired is going to do it uh and you don't have to worry about egg on your face you know you can just put the egg on their face after they pick the wrong name, or the right name. <laughs> absolutely uh alan really appreciate it thanks a lot. thanks a lot happy new year and uh we'll, Thank you. We'll, we'll, we'll talk after the name perhaps take care All right. Many thanks to Jay Gruden and uh, Alan Adamson for their time. I really, really appreciate it. Not done yet with the podcast this week. You know, I, I don't know if people like listening to long podcasts. I do. I like long interviews. I like to be, have, be able to draw out a conversation. For other people, it's a 15 minute and out. Either way, however you consume it, I appreciate you being here. If you get to Jay's interview, 15 minute chunks at a time, totally get it. But I'm just glad. Uh, the people hopefully will have a chance to listen to him. And if you got this far, presumably you did just that. So appreciate that. Thanks again to Alan. The name change stuff can't come soon enough. February 2nd, I guess I didn't mention at the top, they are doing a local event uh, here in DC in addition to the Today Show, which I think I've said this before on here. I, I didn't know that definitively it was going to be in New York anyway. I don't think anyone did. I think people just assumed when it was announced that the Today Show would be, meaning it would be in New York. Uh, they doesn't necessarily mean that way but uh either way they're going to do a local event here dan snyder tanya snyder will be at it they apparently just won't be taking questions jason wright will probably handle those duties we'll see it's the same week as the senior bowl so i may or may not be here for that meaning the the event at fedex field i may go to the senior bowl instead and focus on that aspect of this team but there's always angles to discuss and that's what's fun about this job fun to talk about this job write about this job and it's fun to be on this journey with you people who are interested in all of this as well. That's enough. All right, that's it for me. Ben Standing signing off for now here on the Standing Room Only podcast. Until next time. See you.